Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, June 30th, 2016. Today, we're going to be talking about NBA free agency. Tonight at 12 o'clock Eastern Time, free agency will officially begin for the NBA. And it's a very unique year because the salary cap is jumping up by over $20 million. And the dollar amounts on these contracts are going to be way bigger than anything we've ever seen before. So... In honor of this special free agency, I thought a perfect guest to come on the podcast would be my good friend, longtime San Antonio Spurs fan. You might have heard him on the show before if you're a longtime listener. The executive director of Smith Street Stage, Jonathan Hopkins. J-Hop, welcome. Thank you, Sam. Good to be back. Dude, good to be back on the podcast. So happy to have you back on the podcast. I'm going to plug his, his uh, theater company right now, smithstreetstage.org, smithstreetstage.org. That's smithstreetstage.org. You should check out all of the fantastic work that they're doing, specifically their amazing production of The Tempest, which went up this past summer and was a smash hit. Would you agree, j Thank you so much. Yes, it was really great. Uh, Bethann, uh, my uh, roommate and wife, and artistic director of the company was the director of the show and really outdid herself. It was really a, 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 a beautiful piece of theater. We were all very happy with it. Dude, that's such great news. That's such great news. I know how much time and energy you put into that, and to see your labors uh, come to fruition like that is really just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. We're real, real proud. But we're not talking about Smith Street Stage today, although I do want to plug it. We are talking about NBA free agency because just before we started this podcast, you were telling me how um, it's only a few more hours before this bonanza begins. And yeah, I mean, by, the t- by the time people are listening to it, we'll probably someone will have already been. I think last year's contract was Al Farouk Aminu. It was fast. <laughs> And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the first few hours, Portland targeted him and jumped on him. And I think he was the first signing. And I think he signed, I'm going to be throwing out a lot of numbers that aren't real. Uh, That's okay. Because I just don't remember. But I think he signed for like four years, $7 million a year. And I remember everyone instantly saying like, that's ridiculous. And after one year, like that contract looks kind of good. Yeah. And like based on what people are going to be signing for this summer yeah like that contract like having a two-way wing who might be able to learn how to shoot a three-pointer and who's only like 23 or 24 or 25 is already just it's like a steal and we're already in this world of with the numbers of the salary cap exploding the way they are now these guys who have been locked into deals before the cap exploded, you know, they become valuable commodities. I, I mean, I think you'll agree with me when I say I believe Steph Curry is still under contract, and he was still signed under that contract when they weren't sure if his ankles were going to be. Yeah, that didn't have to do with the, the. I mean, it's the same idea. It didn't have to do with the math. It's just that he was, he, he, you know, in his first few years in the league, he looked like a borderline All Star with, like, an injury history. Like, it looked like, you know, his career might be something like, uh, I don't know, like Kyle Lowry or mm-hmm. something, where it's like, yeah, you make some all-star teams, or you're never going to be MVP. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, and so the, and then uh, his, his, he got a lot of injuries, and so that was, got factored into the price. And as soon as he signed that, he just had this incredible multi-year improvement, and he's, he stopped getting these injuries that they thought were chronic. And so, you know, now, I mean, he's the fifth highest 
paid player on their team, I think. Yeah, and but it's it's still an example of someone who was locked into a deal that was created. And granted, you, you said it, he didn't get the max, but he was locked into this deal that was created before the cap exploded. Because right. now, as we're going to talk about in today's podcast, the numbers are just going to be out of control. You're going to see players who... I think, you know, we, we're used to thinking, okay, this is the best player on your team. He should be making about X amount. He should be making 15 to 20 million a year, maybe a little bit more if he got some huge, crazy contract and he's at the end of his deal. Um, and if this is a role player, he should be making about this much. All of those numbers are going to go out the window because now we're talking about role players coming in and making maybe 12, 13, 15 million dollars in a season, which you know, a couple of years ago was truly unheard of. Would you agree, Jay Hop? Bad role players. <laughs> bad role players making that amount of money. Yeah. We're not we're, I mean, we're not talking about um you know, Damari Carroll style role players, yeah. Danny Green style role players. Like we're talking about, you know, that bad role players are gonna be making that amount of money. Yeah, all the numbers are gonna be um crazy and uh I mean Kawhi Leonard's going to have the best contract in the NBA because he signed the max last year. Yeah. And by next year, you know, every team is going to have three or four guys who make more than that amount of money. Yeah. Um, maybe including the Spurs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting getting locked into, like, 2015, 2016 prices for a multi-year contract could be a huge boon to teams. Absolutely. Um, especially if it's a five-year contract. I think Hawaii's contract is a five-year contract. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, you're going to be seeing be, trades are going to be a lot easier as well because all these teams have so much more cap room. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, the thing that makes this so insane is that it's, so the, the $24 million cap bump means that even if you were at the salary cap, you have a max level slot. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not there, and this is the thing with, with Golden State and San Antonio, it's easy for you to get there because so many teams have open cap space that they will they will take your contract. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if, if the Warriors can sign Durant, they're going to have to move Bogut, most likely, or someone. They're going to have to move someone, so it's probably Bogut. And if the Spurs want to sign Durant, they're going to have to move someone. It's probably going to start with Boris Diaw, I would think. Mm-hmm. And but it'll, those guys are on old contracts yep. that are pretty pretty good value. Even though those guys have gotten older and their skills have diminished a little bit, they're, they're still just because they're the only old contract. It's still an incredible value. And so you know, it, it, not every team has max cap space, but mm-hmm. even the teams they don't. Sam, did you see that the Clippers are got a meeting with Durant? Yes, yes. And this, you know, you're already jumping into Durant. I wanted. To, let's talk about Kevin Durant. I, this is amazing okay. that. I'm still floored that the Clippers got a meeting. Um, I can, I, I, I can understand the Miami Heat getting a meeting because they're the Miami Heat. Um, yeah. But the Celtics, I mean, I guess you know Danny Ainge is an aggressive uh, GM. Um, and then who are the other ones? We're talking the Spurs. We're talking the and Warriors and the uh, and Golden State. And I think was it, wasn't there six. Yeah, there's another maybe, team I'm not o- thinking of. Oklahoma, one of the six. Oklahoma, or are we leaving someone out? Oklahoma, no, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's definitely going. Out. What about the Knicks? Is it New York? No, I don't think so. Oh, you mean you mean the? So. Uh, uh, you're telling me the uh, the informal meeting uh, between Carmelo Anthony and uh, Kevin Durant. You don't count that as like a meeting between Kevin Durant and the Knicks. <laughs> I don't think he's meeting with them at like whatever his headquarters is. 
in the Hamptons. Oh, 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 oh okay. Think, you, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think there are there are six teams that have gotten invites, or five teams that have gotten invites. I know San Antonio is one. I know Golden State is one. The Clippers are one. The Heat and Boston. I don't think there's another team in the East. No, I don't and, think that's it. I think you know. I think uh, Oklahoma City is the sixth team. Okay, so maybe that was counting as as the, as the sixth. I mean, if I'm wrong, you know, it's, it's not going to matter. Now, here's a question. Whatever, those are the contenders. If he, if he signs, if he signs somewhere other than one of those places, we'll give you your money back yeah. on the podcast. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty. Uh, uh, I still, I think it's really a long shot that he could go to Miami or Boston. Um, I do too. I mean, my my gut is telling me he's going to stay in Oklahoma City. And now, if he does, let me okay. Let's say for argument's sake, he stays in Oklahoma City. Do you think he does a one year deal? Yes. I mean, just a, to- a total guess. But uh, let's explain to the folks at home why this makes a lot of sense for Please. Kevin Durant's pocketbook. Okay, Please, go ahead. So your your max contract is tied into a percentage of what the total salary cap is. Mm-hmm. So people signing a max contract this summer are going to make a lot more money than people who signed a max contract last summer because this salary cap is so much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always want to sign your max long-term deal when the, the salary cap is really high. Mm-hmm. So this, this year, the year that just finished, I guess we should say last year now, the 2016 season, the, the cap I think was around $70 million. Yep. And, and again, all numbers are probably wrong. Yeah, it's, so it's close don't, enough. Don't, don't bet anyone in a bar with these exact numbers without bringing it up on your phone. Um, and then this coming season is jumping to $94 million, and I think they project next year to be 108 Uh Correct. So it's not going up as much as from last year to this year, but it's still going up. Further, the amount of money you can get as your max is in part determined by your number of years in the league. Mm-hmm. And when you go from year 9 to year 10, you see a jump. I think you can go from getting 30% of the cap to 35% of mm-hmm. the cap. That's correct. And next year's Durant's 10th year. Mm-hmm. So in addition to being uh, getting a slice of a bigger pie, mm-hmm. he can get a bigger slice, mm-hmm. a bigger proportion of that pie. Yep. And so if he does the 1 plus 1, Meaning he would sign a two-year deal to have a little money as insurance in the second year, and then he but he would have an offset after one year, and then he could resign. Yeah, I mean that's that's what LeBron's been doing with the Cavs the last couple of years. Doing one plus one, one plus one, one plus one, mm-hmm. and although I bet I bet next year LeBron might take the the long-term deal just to just to lock up that money into his into his mid thirties or even late thirties. Yeah, they're already talking um, about he might get a two hundred million dollar deal. He definitely will, and, yeah. and Durant will too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then the other variable with that, Sam, or the other, not variable, I guess, the other factor with that is that Russell Westbrook's contract expires next year. Mm-hmm. And so they can make that decision collectively if they want to. They can say, let's both stay and try to win a title, or maybe by that time win another title. Mm-hmm. Or they can both go, and if they both if they both go, that might be sort of easier for everyone to take. Mm-hmm. Because it won't, it won't be Durant abandoning his team, it'll be like, well, this this thing just didn't work, and the players got tired of it, and, and they left. Yeah. Um. So so yes, I think he will stay at Oklahoma City. I I don't. What's? I mean, do you? I 
Do you see him going to the Warriors or the Spurs? Like, I could see the Spurs or the Warriors pulling it off. And you said it. If it's not the Spurs or the Warriors, he's not. Maybe Miami. I don't. He is not going to the Clippers, and he's not going to the Celtics. I think. I mean, I think there's an over 50% chance that he stays in Oklahoma City. I would say between. I would say maybe around 70%. If I were to just pull him around. I have, I have no idea. I haven't been reading rumors. I. I I, I, I don't follow Kevin Durant, Durant is the- Kevin Durant is kind of close to the vest. You know, he's he's right. an interesting character in the NBA. I think in a lot of senses we get a pretty we don't know exactly who these players are, but we get a lot of, you know, exposure to them and I think we get a a, a sense of their persona. And I think Kevin Durant is someone who you know, when when he's been positioned right next to Russell Westbrook as much as he has, Westbrook is a little bit of a bigger personality, maybe not as big as Draymond Green, but he draws a little bit more attention. And Kevin yeah. Durant, I think, you know, enjoys kind of, kind of, you know, fading into the background a little bit when it comes to like press conferences and podiums. And so in a situation like free agency where he's never really been in this situation before, this is truly his first opportunity to walk up and be courted by all of these teams for a hundred or a two hundred million dollar contract. And I think that, you know, now that we're in this situation, it's hard to read Kevin Durant on what he is thinking and what he wants to do. I I mean, would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. I think there's I mean, the only if I can make a I can make I think a one percent case for Boston, mm-hmm. which is just that there I think they would have room for another max slot mm-hmm. so I think you can say like hey Durant one as soon as we sign you Durant we're, we're in the final four yep. we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. okay as soon as that happens and we would have room to bring in another max player mm-hmm. so do you want to play with Horford do you want to play with Conley do you want us to get Hassan Whiteside I mean not to say that you could guarantee that you would get those guys but you figure you can get at least one of them yeah, and if you can't get one of them this year, then you can go at it next year mm-hmm. because they, all of their contracts are really cap-friendly. And so I think you can say, like, not only are you in the East, uh, not only do you have a great coach and a really active and smart front office, uh, but we have some flexibility going forward that we can sort of build this team around you and you would attract people. But I still want to put Boston's chances at more than one. I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if he went to Boston. I'd be shocked if he went to Miami. I I only think there's one pitch that would work mm-hmm. with Durant. Mm-hmm. And not, I'm not saying that this will work, but I, the only one pitch that I think could possibly work, and that would be, I think you have to say, like, look, Russell's great. You and Russell love each other. You and Russell are friends. And as long as you play with Russell Westbrook, you're the second option. And you know what, Kevin? Yeah. Basketball people may know that you're a more efficient scorer, but as long as you play with Russell Westbrook, you're not getting as many touches and you're not getting as many shots. Yeah. And the word for that, there's a name for that, and it's second option. Yeah. And I, and I think it's like, and look, do you, and you say like, Kevin, if you think Russell's going to change, stay in Oklahoma City. Yep. Keep being that second option. If you think he's going to change, you know, if you think he's going to change, just wait to be the first option to stay there. Um, but I think... The, I don't. I think the only team that could make that case, because I think you'd also have to be close to winning. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So it's just not. You know, you're not going to go to Boston or you know Miami. It's like you definitely just the first option there. But I don't know if they're close to winning. Whereas. So the team. Oklahoma City and Golden State were so close to winning this year. Right, but the but the Warriors is. I mean, does Kevin? 
and Steph and even Draymond and things like, well, I'm getting 20 shots a night there. Yeah. And maybe it, doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe because of how Golden State plays, everyone touches the ball every possession. It's not like, you know, Westford pounding the dribble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like the Cavaliers getting the ball to LeBron every yeah. single time. So maybe because of how they move the ball around, that's not as big of a factor. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess, like, I think the Spurs might be able to make that case. But I don't, again, I don't, I still wouldn't think that it would work. But if I were to, if I were to try to think of why he would leave, that's the only reason I can really think of it. That he really does love Westbrook, that they are friends, that they are close, that all of that is genuine. But there's, but you you may be able to um, appeal to his competitiveness and his his basketball intelligence. Yeah. So just sort of saying like, hey, if you come here, we'll build the offense around you. Now I don't know how Kawhi Leonard would feel about that or the Marcus Aldridge, mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess I guess they'd have to I guess they'd have to learn to like it. I, I, I mean, part I of me feels like he could fit in with Kawhi and Lamarcus a little bit better than he could fit in with the Splash Brothers and Draymond. I mean, just my gut instinct. What do you think of that? Um, well, it's weird. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know Kawhi. I don't really understand him. He's just like a robot. Mm-hmm. And so he <laughs> definitely seems like the kind of guy who would be content being um, a, a Pippen-style player or mm-hmm. a Draymond-style player, like the guy who does all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But, he, you know, I thought that would be his role this year, and he got more shots and more touches than Aldridge. You know, I thought Aldridge would be the scorer, and Kawhi would play off of him. Um, you know, sort of like the last four or five years, like Parker was sort of a big scorer. Right. And, like, you know, Ginobili would sort of get a lot of secondary stuff playing off of him, even though I think, you know, Ginobili was a better player mm-hmm. over the course of their careers. Um or I guess sort of maybe like like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett on the Boston teams. Where yeah. It's like, okay, Garnett, Garnett's a better overall player, but because of what Pierce does, you know, he's going to create a lot of the offense, and Garnett's just going to do everything else. Yeah. So I thought I thought it would be like that with Aldridge and Kawhi, and it wasn't that way. Like, you know, Kawhi... Was bringing the, the ball up that, the court. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I don't know. Like, I mean, I think in a way it makes sense, and maybe you just feel the culture there is so strong that... You know, Ginobili came off the bench, and and Duncan gave up shots to Ginobili, and then Ginobili gave up shots to Parker, and then Parker gave up shots to Aldridge and Kawhi. You just sort of say like, "Hey, this is this is what we do." And maybe in their in their pitch, they can point to that to Durant. It's like, "Hey, we always we always do the thing that's going to most help the team win." Yeah. But I think I think you know, Sam, we're talking too much about this because I think he's going to be in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I agree. And it. If he's not at Oklahoma City, we have you know whenever that happens, we have to have another podcast. Absolutely, because you and I both crazy. know where Kevin Durant goes is going to dictate much of the rest of free agency. Yeah, everyone who has these max slots or who is ready to clear these max slots, when they miss on Durant, then I guess they're going to go down the line. I mean, that's when the real fun's going to begin. Yes. Now, I, unless. Unless there's a team, unless the team is just like, we're going to miss out on Durant, so we're just going to go after Conley or Horford or Whiteside right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, we're not getting a meeting with Durant, so if we can lock that guy up, we're going to lock that guy up. And, and I, I have a suspicion somebody's going to do that. And I'm, I'm almost thinking it's going to be Whiteside, because Whiteside and some of the quotes that I've heard and some of the things I've been reading, I think he is, he's kind of not in a, in a, in a, a mindset 
where he's trying to take a friendly deal to help the team with their cat. This is a guy who's had problems even establishing himself as a legitimate NBA player. And now that he's here and he's on a level where he is going to be taking and entertaining offers of max deals, I think he's somebody who's going to pull the trigger really quickly. I think he may. You want to hear something kind of crazy about Hassan Whiteside? Go ahead. Okay. What do Kevin Durant, Chandler Parsons... Nick Batum and Hassan Whiteside have in common. Uh, they're uh, all the fact that they're all they're uh, all free agents. <laughs> they're all stretch swingmen. <laughs> they're all twenty seven. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Whiteside's the same age as Nick Batum. That's crazy. Whiteside's the same age as Kevin Durant. That is Kevin I mean, Durant's been playing just, so much more basketball. I know. Don't you? Wouldn't you have sworn that he's twenty five? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or twenty four. You'd be like, yeah, he's close to Andre Drummond. He's like a little older than Andre Drummond. No. So that four-year deal is taking him to age 31. Yeah. And he's probably not improving, or he's not improving because of athleticism. Yeah. You know, this is usually when players seem to peak athletically. And mm-hmm. then you can still improve your skills and your knowledge of the game, but... <sighs> I mean, this is the I, last contract Whiteside's ever... The only contract Whiteside's probably ever going to sign. And it's going to be fine, because he's going to get... Uh, $120 million. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's getting the max. He deserves he, it. I saw someone send, send a tweet out that was like, you know, signing and sign Whiteside to the max feels like one of those things that you regret while you're doing it. <laughs> Even while you're doing it, you're like, oh, I'm already regretting this. And it, it just, it really does feel that way. But yeah, he's definitely getting uh, a max, max, max. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what, what happens from there. Um, now, Jonathan, you came on, and before uh, we started this show, um, you had talked to me about how you and your brother Sam, who's going to be on the podcast next week to discuss some of these uh, these contracts, and really we're going to have a lot more to talk about once free agency opens. Um, you guys had pretty much mapped out some guesses and some predictions. Is this yeah, accurate? Here's, here's what we did. I want to hear this. We, I'm I'm interested. We, 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 we do sort of things like this. We know we do. We like doing um, fantasy drafts. We like ranking stuff. We like uh, going out to like a, a, a barbecue restaurant or you know a buffalo wing restaurant or something like that, and just sort of like taking hours and just sort of and, and playing these sort of silly games. And so one thing I want to do is I like look. This free agency is going to be crazy, and there are a lot of really interesting names in this free agency. So we're going to get a list of free agents, and we're going to go to uh, eat some barbecue, and we're going to. We're each going to guess independently what the free agents, what they'll get. Okay. 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 And, then, and then we'll see like how close we are, how far apart we are. So we started, we're like, okay, let's just take the max guys off the table. Okay. So we said um, Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drummond, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, LeBron James, Hassan Whiteside. We said, okay, those are guys who are definitely getting a max. There's, there's no real particular dispute about dollar numbers unless you're talking about which team and bird rights right. and how and many like, years. Okay, let's just, but, let's but just like, so no point in, in playing that game. Those guys are getting max. And then we had about another five guys when we were like, are they getting a max? And in each case, we talked ourselves into, yes, they are. And do you want to hear those names? Please. And I want you to throw out if you're like, if for any of these guys, either A, don't think they're really going to get a max, or B, just think that giving them a max is a bad idea. Okay. Um, or both. I, um, I definitely want to I want to give my two cents. I'm interested. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. Uh, okay. Uh, Nick Batum. 
you know, I, I kind of, I feel like someone's going to give him the max. I feel like someone will give him the max. That's my, that's my call on it. And if he's not right. getting the max, he could be making somewhere upwards of like, you know, 15 million a year. I think we did. I think we said max or like max adjacent. So like, okay, maybe the guy stays with their team, mm-hmm. so he gets that fifth year, mm-hmm. and he's not making the absolute maximum that's allowable, but because he's getting that fifth year, it's more than any other team could pay him. Absolutely. So like we, we sort of meant like max or like 95% of the max, like max with a little team discount. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So Nick Batum, we said, getting a max. Bradley Beal, mm. he's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, hi oh gosh, uh, you know, I know, right? <laughs> I, so many injury issues, a, a couple of things to consider with Beal. Number one, he's got so many friggin' injury issues, which gives anybody pause. Number two, he's so young that you can think that he's got a lot left that even, you know, he could be a, an, you know, a little mini Zadrunas Elgoskis where his, the beginning of his career is marred with injuries, but then he really does end up being productive in the latter portion of his career. Um, but I'm suspecting, even though he's a restricted free agent, I feel like someone's going to, someone will give him the max and force Washington's hand. Okay. I, I was resisting him as a max and Sam said, I think he would start on 25 teams. And I started trying to name teams he wouldn't start on. And I might have gotten to, like, I really might have gotten to, like, six or seven. But Sam had made his point that, like, on over 20 teams, this someone would start. Uh, and when you when you can say that about a player, it's sort of like, okay, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with, with I got to agree with your brother. Uh, and also just because right. enough people, uh, there's enough idiot GMs out there who are going to pull the trigger on that deal. Right. And and Bradley Beal has got too much potential and upside to to not take a chance. I think you know, like I could see the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, in my mind, are the epitome of absolute idiots. I love Lottie Divots. I mean, I think he's great, but I don't think he knows his ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to running a team. And you know, I could see him pulling the trigger on an atrocious deal like that. Right. Well, I mean, I guess that's what I'm asking. Do you think a Max or Bradley Beal is atrocious? Because it seems like we agree, me and you and my brother Sam, who's not, who's not here, all agree that he's going to get a Max. Yeah, I, the only thing stopping him from getting a Max is injuries. Like, when he's not injured, right, he's will, great. Someone will sign him. So, so you think the only thing that would make the contract bad is just the injury factor? Yeah, if he gets a Max deal and then well, misses well, Sam, may, 30 may games I next season. May I introduce you to Chandler Parsons? Oh, boy. Oh, my who's gosh. Who's also getting a Max this summer? Oh, my gosh. Four, four years older? Dude, I... Who is... Who wants him... Who who is because it's not going to be Dallas or Houston at this point. He's essentially. I did not realize he could spurn teams. He has spurned now two teams at this point. No, I I I heard that Houston would take him back. Really? That that yes. That it's not personal. That he just got a deal. Houston couldn't match that deal because they were going after a bigger fish. Like Houston was trying to put together a big three, and yeah. they couldn't use that cap space up on him. Um, and I've heard that he. He's not signing for anything less than a max, and yes. Dallas won't give him a max. Yes. So he's not coming back to Dallas. He's not coming back to Dallas. I've pretty much okay. I've read that as well. Okay. And then let me sort of stay. We're now we're at wings. Uh, so let's go to um, NBA champion. Okay. One time NBA champion. 
Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Um, oh, I... Uh, this may be the trickiest one. Okay. Actually, I think the one after this is trickier. I mean, I think Sam and I think he's getting a max. I guess the question is... He does not deserve how, a max, how, I'll tell you that. How much does it hurt? Yeah. I, I mean... Sam, what's your reaction to Philadelphia 76 <laughs> sign Harrison Barnes four years... 120 million or whatever the max is going to be. Okay, A, I don't like that. Um, number <laughs> <laughs> number one, I I am not a Harrison Barnes fan. I thought he was a little overrated last year after the championship. I think that, in my opinion, his stock went down this season. Um, yes. you, you know, certainly the the playoffs kind of exposed him a little bit more and, and showed, I think, his shortcomings and his weaknesses. Um in that, for those same reasons, I don't like the rumors that the Sixers are going after him because it it looks right. It looks now. Are there rumors of that? Are there yes, rumors that? it is. It oh, is man. absolutely true. I've been reading on ESPN. The Sixers are pushing hard to get Harrison Barnes. Um, I can actually. I mean, I. I it's like I don't even want to guess whether it's a max deal or not because I've already read the article. I think they're trying to offer him four years, ninety million. Um, okay. Which is still astronomical money uh but i don't like the idea of him coming to the sixers i think he probably could be a decent fit but i think for one of their first kind of big off-season you know free agent signings harrison barnes feels like i don't know it, it feels like feels like a lame duck signing yeah it sounds like something the knicks would do a signing where as soon as the ink dries you're just like oh god this is the worst you couldn't have picked anybody else. Like, go get Joe Kim Noah before you get Harrison Barnes. You know what I'm saying? I, I do, I do. But he's getting a max. Yeah, uh, I, he does not. He should not be getting the max. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, and I actually think you know, there's been a lot of talk. Every time someone signs for a huge dollar amount, people say, you know, well, the cap with the cap blowing up so much, it's not going to matter. But like, of course, it will matter because some teams will have horrible contracts and some yep. teams won't. Yep. And the teams that don't have horrible contracts will be able to go after the next Kevin Durant or yep. the next uh, whoever it is who's, who's switching in free agency. Even if that next player is the next Horford or Conley who takes a team from, you know, 50 wins to 60 wins mm-hmm. and, you know, an outside contender to an inside contender. Um, okay. So then the last, last one we have, and we talked ourselves into this guy being at max. And this is probably the only one that I could be talked out of, and that's Dwight Howard. Oh God, Dwight Howard, the 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 incredible disappearing center. He he is his position is becoming obsolete as we're doing this podcast. Um, right. I mean, okay, the, the, you know, people people say that, but last year, Robin Lopez signed for big money. Marcus Saul got the max. Um, uh, there's uh, Aaron Baines was a third string center for San Antonio yeah. who ended up giving more money than I thought he would. Like a lot of people, uh, Tyson Chandler yep, got Tyson Chandler or got fourteen crazy million money. a year, and he was like thirty two. And so you say this, and you know, people say that this is kind of obsolete. I think this is a little overstated. Golden State started Andrew Bogut and yeah. might have a championship now if Andrew Bogut didn't get injured. That's true. When yeah. those minutes started going to Vergeau and Azili. They missed Bogut. I know. No, that, I, dude, you are um, completely echoing me. I totally agree. They really and, lost something when Bogut got hurt. San Antonio started two traditional bigs. Oklahoma City started two. I mean, I guess Ibaka's a traditional big. He shoots the three pointer, but 
I mean, he's 6'10", he's a rim protector, he's, he's athletic, you know. Um, Cleveland started two traditional bigs, plus LeBron, who's basically a power forward. All right. So I know that the, the league wants, you know, people say like the league is going small. It's like, no. And, and Golden State, they, they played Draymond at center, but only like 12 or 13 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, were lo- they were lacking something. Like that, that death lineup, as they like to call it, is amazing and it is deadly, but they definitely were lacking and couldn't. They can't play that lineup for an entire game. I mean, you're definitely right. making your point. They needed Bogut and Azili and Verizal for the minutes that they had them on the court. Right. I absolutely I, agree. I, I think that the idea that the league is changing or those guys got don't matter is really overstated. The Spurs played big all year and won 67 games and had a, a 10 point point differential. And they got beat by the Thunder, not because the Thunder went small, but because the Thunder stayed big, and the yeah. Thunder's bigs outplayed the Spurs' bigs. Um, and so I think, um, so anyway, Dwight Howard, I feel like it's hard to say he's not a top five center. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a trick. I mean, he still rebound, can rebound like a maniac. He's not as quick or explosive. He can still defend around the rim really well. I mean, I guess maybe you could save five guys. Maybe you take a Saul, DeAndre Jordan. Maybe you can make a case for Steven Adams. Now, being if, better, if he get okay, if Dwight Howard gets a max deal, or does that also mean that he's going to get signed to four years? Do you think he'll get a four-year deal? I don't think he'll get a four-year deal at the max. Okay, uh, I can agree with that. Um, but and, I and, and this one, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm now starting to feel like. But, I mean, can't, I mean, if Dallas misses on Whiteside and Conley um, and Dallas loses Chandler Parsons and, and they, they don't – they try to go after Nick Batum and they don't get Nick Batum or, or Harrison Barnes, so they end up signing someone like Kent Bazemore or someone like that. Yep. And they still have this max salary slot. Um, and uh, yeah, let's you... say they get some, like, someone like Della Vadova who could be a serviceable point guard. And Dwight Howard might be the difference between making the six or the five seed and fighting to make the eight seed. Don't you think they pay Dwight Howard? Yeah, I mean, don't you think like that a team like Dallas says like, hey, be, being in the playoffs while Dirk is still here is important enough that we're we're going to give this bad contract out. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I don't think max money, max years. No, pro- probably not. Um, and also, uh, I think a reason for that is um, that the – I just lost my train of thought. No, that's okay. It, we're talking about how Dwight Howard is going to be and, – oh, and I agree that Dwight he is, is going to be – someone's going to be stupid enough to give him that money. And Dwight has been sort of like, you know, interviewing Charles Barkley and making boys about like, you know, trying to own his mistakes and, and – uh, um, you, you know, trying to seem more mature, mm-hmm. and you know, and so I think he will be invested. There's a chance that if you get him, he might be invested in in, in doing the you know, doing the things that can make a team a winner. I mean, I think he so. is invested. I I truly believe that he's aging. I truly believe that the bigger difference yeah. between Dwight Howard and, as you were saying, like a a Robin Lopez is the age factor. I mean, Dwight Howard is up there. You know, he is older. He's 30. He's 30, but he's an old 30. You know, he's, he's, an, he's old. I mean, he came in right from high school. He was a yep, number overall pick when he was 18. And, you know, I see him, you know, he's he's got more tread on his tires than, 
you know, an Ennis Cantor or a Steven Adams or a Serge Ibaka, um, you know, even like he kind of, I know he's not Roy Hibbert, but in my mind, he kind of fits into that Roy Hibbert bubble because I'm sitting here now saying, how much more are you going to get from Dwight Howard versus Roy Hibbert? You know, how much I think you get, I think you get a lot. I mean, last year in the playoffs, who did, uh, who did Houston play? I mean, the Warriors, they played the Warriors. Yeah, they made the conference finals. Howard had some, I mean, had some big games, got a lot of rebounds, and just hit, I mean, he lost quickness, but like the thing is, like, Hibbert is a statue. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? And and so, like, Dwight Howard, he can come out and move around in that pick and roll. Now, he's not going to be able to switch onto the guard, like, you know, Ibaka or Tristan Thompson or someone like that. But, mm-hmm. like, I think he, I think he can still do a little bit more. I think if, if he, he, he can't post up, but if you got him in a pick and roll, you know, like him rolling to the rim is is still something that could get you two points, just yeah. based on like you know the fact that he's quicker. I think um, I think he's he'll I think he'll get max money, but maybe for three years or maybe the, the fourth year will be a team option or it will be partially guaranteed or or something like that, so that the team's not on the hook. You, for that big fourth year. I mean, after we had this, after we just talked right now, I, I kind of feel like Dallas. I feel like because Dallas feels like doesn't someone. Feel that way. Yeah, yeah, it feels like Dallas signing him doesn't feel like a bad decision. Whereas you know, Sacramento or Portland bringing him in that feels like a problem. Right. Um, and you, we know Dallas is going to miss out on. Their, whoever their top targets are. Yeah, yeah, because they always do. Tradition. Whoever it is, whoever they're going after, it's you know is not going to want to go there, which is yeah, kind of crazy because I think Dallas, you know, all things considered, I think Cuban runs a pretty tight ship, and I think he takes care of his people. And uh, it's just funny how sometimes these other franchises magically seem a little bit more appealing than uh, than his franchise. You know, I'm going to throw out something that has no basis in anything except my own imagination. Okay, I want to hear it. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that he blew up the championship team? Um, that he did not even pretend to want to bring Tyson Chandler back. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like if you're a player and you you know you appreciate, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, of course, Mark Cuban appreciates how hard it is to win a championship. I mean, he, he was working all those years too. But if you're a player, you look at that and you say, "Look, they put together a championship team, and then they just they, they didn't even try to defend it. You know, they just went swinging for Darren Williams or whoever it was that summer. No, I think it was that. I think it was Darren Williams. You, you know what I mean? It's like so you, you're not even like what it would be like to like win with a group of guys, and then the next year. Like those guys, just just walk. No, I mean, it's not like Tyson Chandler went for crazy money. No, no, and it's he not didn't. like he was. It's not like he was their fifth or sixth guy. I mean, this isn't even like the Warriors letting Barnes go and being like, "Well, we already have Iguodala and Livingston. <laughs> they can take up most of the minutes, and we'll sign a veteran with this money." You, you know, it's like it's not even like the fifth or sixth guy. It's not even like James Posey winning a championship with the Celtics and like getting overpaid by someone and going somewhere else. Like this is. Um, I mean, he was their second most important player, I thought, in that. And they kind of least, fell into him, right? Didn't they? Didn't he come back yeah, and he was just there did. for that that one year? They were not prepared for him to be as big a piece of the team as he was. Yeah, but I mean, I think you know his his defense and him rolling to the rim on the pick and rolls. I mean, it wasn't as important as Dirk, obviously, and maybe you can make a case for Jason Terry just because he was just shooting fire in some of those series. But 
I mean, I thought those were the three. Oh, Sean Marion too was pretty important. Sean Ma- um, and anyway. also Jason Kidd was on that team. But Jason you know, to team. support your points, you definitely are. Listen, I I don't think that your feeling of of Dallas kind of being a franchise that you know is is you know you essentially are like listen the only person there they have any allegiance to that we've ever seen at this point is Dirk Nowitzki um but I think they brought Finley back and so like I see I mean they brought Finley back but they definitely honorary Alonzo Mourning chair of like (laughs) the guy in a suit behind the bench it's like oh I wonder what his job is well I Um, I think that you're not too far off because I bet you Cuban and Cuban's personality is heavily influenced on every aspect of that franchise for good and for bad. And right. to sort of support your point, I can think of there was one particular year, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I say this, where they went and they got Antoine Jameson in the offseason. And then about a yeah. few weeks later, they went and signed Antoine Walker. And it was a little yeah, ridiculous yeah. because it was like, isn't Jameson or... supposed to take the job that you just – now, now you have a logjam of people. Who are you going to play, Walker or Jameson? But I think it was a real situation where Walker just came on the market and Cuban was like, oh, whatever. I don't care what I just did. I need that guy. Let's go get him. I mean, those – yeah, they're like the exact same yeah. role. And it, they only um, lasted a year. I think he moved Walker the the very next year because it really didn't work out at all. But I, Yeah, those teams moved – yeah, they, they shuffled the deck a ton. Jerry Stackhouse was there mm-hmm. for a while. Devin Harris was mm-hmm. there. And, and Devin Harris came kid. back. J.J. Barea went and right. came back. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, they will be back. Tyson Chandler came back. Tyson Chandler came back. I mean, they've had a couple of guys go and come back. Maybe they can sign Steve Nash. Maybe. <laughs> they can, like, look. For, Are they going to pay for the hip replacement surgery? Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe that'll be, that will be what finally brings those two sides back together. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so now. So yes, let's, keep let's, going. Let's, who's who's after Dwight Howard? Those are the guys we said were maxes. Okay. We talked about Barnes, right? Okay. Yeah, we did. So now we we um so here's here's the, we have the list um and we can do the list. We probably don't have time to do the whole list if we're talking. I mean, if we talk that much about Dwight Howard, we definitely don't. Dude, we can we um, can go as fast or as slow as you want, man. I got all the time in the world. I'm loving this. Okay. Okay. So. Do you want to do it? There were guys we were close on, and about probably looks like about half the guys we were close on, and then there were about uh, three guys that we were a little bit far apart on, um, and then uh, about five guys that we were way far apart on. Ooh. So we could just do we, we could start with the guys who were really different on. We can start with the ones who we think are the most interesting. I can just read the names, and you can say like, "Stop, we got to talk about that guy." Let's uh, let's go with some of let's go with some of the interesting ones. Uh, that you, okay. let's go let's go with interesting, and let's lean towards some of the guys that you were close on. I want I want give me a few softballs we were, here. This first guy we were close on. Okay, Sam and I in, in guessing, although it, he was probably the hardest guy for me to guess. And again, we're not guessing what we, this is not what we think they deserve or what we would want our team to sign them for. You're, just, you're saying um, what we think is going to happen, not what they actually guess, deserve. Yes. But the, we thought, we both thought the most interesting free agent, I mean, I guess Durant's the most interesting. Um, so I guess like most interesting apart from how they sweep the championship or the level of their play. Mm-hmm. Like the, the ratio of how interesting they are to how influential they are. We thought the, the most interesting by that rationale 
was Rajon Rondo. Mm. <laughs> oh my God, Rajon Rondo. And we, and we ended up being close. We ended up being close in the total contract and the years. The same as I was trying to guess, I was just I was jumping all over the place. I was like, I just have no idea what he's going to get signed for. Yeah, I, I'm completely I mean, it, lost because all of last year, in my opinion, was empty stats. He was thro- he was assists assist numbers were at, were off the charts, but yet none of that is showing how atrocious his defense was. Right, and his shooting. I mean, it just seems like a point guard who can't shoot free throws or threes or mid-range jumpers and seems unwilling to defend. Yeah. I mean, that that just seems like a bench player. But doesn't yet, it? yes, it does. But I mean, yet, doesn't that seem like like the kind of guy that's like Matthew Delvadova? I mean, even Matthew Delvadova, I feel like does more. I mean, it's insane. I yeah, just said that. But, but like, it's insane. But he's got the name. He's got the championship ring. He's got the All Star appearances. And for some reason, everybody's forgetting his time in Dallas. Right. When they just told him to go away. When they told him to go away. So. But Sam and I still think he's going to get three years and around $45 million. Wow. Wow. Yep. I, um, I, w- I was actually going to think that maybe he could get four years. Um, he might be able to. We, I mean, we both went with three years, but it's just like, whenever we, were, whenever we were talking about one of these contracts, we were like, hey, like the Lakers are out there. The Knicks are out there. Yeah, that's, that's somebody. And we also said, and I'm sorry, we also included the Sixers. I know. I, I just, think... Not just because it seems Colangelo is so hell-bent on saying, that era's over, we're going to make a difference now. And if he, if, he, if he struck out on everyone and Rondo was there, would he sign Rajon Rondo to, to, in the race to, to 28 wins? I would, I, would, I would like to think that the Sixers will not do that. I would... Part of me is thinking, because I know the Sixers desperately need a backcourt. They desperately need point guards, anybody to do the guard play, because they have way more big men and swing men than they could ever need. Um, but I would I would hope that Colangelo at least understands that Rondo is not the right chemistry to bring to the team. He's a guy who's going to be about stats. He's not going to be a team guy. He's not going to be a veteran to these younger guys, which... Being a huge Sixers fan and knowing what's going on with the Sixers now, um, you know I'm pretty confident that I that I feel that those are priorities to them. I think the team guy, you know, people who are truly going to lead, um, and and his lack of defense is going to be a problem, and uh, that's why I would like to think the Sixers aren't going to pull the trigger on him. But I think you're right. I think he could, because three years, forty five million. You're talking about fifteen million a season. Um, right. and that doesn't, I mean, it's disgusting to think Rajon Rondo is going to get that, but at the same time, that's not too bad. I, I mean, I, mean, I almost think really someone's going to give him more money. I mean, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this next week. Oh boy. Um, Ryan Anderson, that's kind of boring. Pau Gasol, we were really far off on Sam and I were really far off on. Um, do you think he's going back to Chicago? No. No. Okay, uh, I mean, I think I think he could get three years, even at his age, with his ability. Yeah, yeah. I think he could get three years, and he could probably be making more than Rondo. Right. This and that's what Sam thinks. I think I think he's going to chase a ring, and Sam thought he was going to chase a payday. Mm. So I had him at two years, sixteen million. 
So eight million a year, and Sam had him at three for fifty-four. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm a little bit more leaning towards Sam. The only reason I would think he's not chasing a ring is because he's already got one. He's got two, yeah. Um, and so I think, but that, I mean, that was sort of the thinking. Like you know, last time when he was a free agent, he met with I think Oklahoma City, San Antonio, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like really just looking at teams that looked like they could be in the top five. Um, and Marcus all wants them to sign with San Antonio. Interestingly. Why, do, why does uh, Mark want him to sign with San Antonio? Why wouldn't Mark want him just, to come play with Memphis? He's just, I guess he's just, he's just family first, Sam. Right. Just family first. God bless them. No, he seriously said that. He's like, I think for what Powell wants at this point in his career, he should go to San Antonio. I mean, that would be, whew, not, I could, yes, if he goes to San Antonio, I could see him signing two. I think he'd get more than $8 million a year. I think he'd go up, I think he's at least making $10 million a year. Maybe he is, and ten million um, is ten million is is well, nice for any team that gets him. Right. Well, he definitely he definitely could, but there, I mean, I, I I'll say Sam, it's not Rondo level, but I know a lot of Chicago people feel about Gasol like that he's an empty stats guy. Really? And yeah, a lot. I've read things that you know his that like advanced metrics, like plus minus numbers or whatever, are not very kind to him. There's an impression that he doesn't really work on defense. He just sort of stands around. He gets a lot of rebounds, but they're sort of like he doesn't really affect his team's rebound rate, meaning mm. he's basically just getting the rebounds that come to him if he's standing under the basket and not guarding people. Huh. Like there is like he's got he's a good passer. There's just like some buzz with that. Like I remember I remember reading a Chicago Bulls blog that said they would rather have Noah and this is before Noah sort of really broke down. Uh-huh. It's sort of like we would rather have Noah Gibson or Miritich. They're like, you know, Pal, Pal's the starter and he's the all-star, but we'd rather have all of those guys. So I worry about that a little bit because I, I feel like him coming to Spurs is fairly likely. And I just don't know how that will work. I mean, he adds skill. He's not really adding any athleticism or much defense. But maybe if he if he's only playing 20 minutes a game, he'll start doing that. I mean, you're um, saying like he could almost be sort of a uh, an improved version of David West on that Spurs team? Yeah, I mean, I mean he, David he West plays like, better defense than he does. Yeah, but I mean, he's West is also sort of limited just because you know West was never really a, a like a jumper. I mean, he was not a bad athlete, but it's not like he was a like a Baca or Bismack Biombo that was flying all over the place. No, no he was so he, he was more I, physical, throwing bows around. Right, and and he was you know sort of small for a big. I mean, not for a power forward, but you know he's, he's not going to slide over to center. No, um, like like Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so that's Gasol. If he chases money, he definitely get paid. And then it, I guess it just depends on, you know, if uh, a, a team that does have you know eight million dollars left in cap room or nine million dollars in cap room that's close to a title could go after him. Would he listen? I think the only team that fits that is San Antonio, and I don't know what their situation would be. Uh, we agree completely on Bismack Biombo. Here's okay. What's J- I want to hear you say what Jared Smith. J.R. Smith. Um, I think I think Cleveland's going to go back for him. Um, uh, you know what's interesting is I bet you some. I bet you he might take less money to stay with Cleveland um, because I think that there's another team out there. It could even be the Knicks who are going to go out there and try to give him. I mean, I see him trying to probably making somewhere upwards between fifteen and twenty million a year. Um, That's what Sam said. Sam had four years, eighty million. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I can had, I can see that. I had three years, twenty seven. 
So Ooh, Sam, <laughs> that's a big difference. Yeah, that was one of the biggest ones. Uh, you know, fifty-three million dollars. Um, it's. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that one off season or one you know playoff run could have changed the entire dynamic, I mean, but it kind of could. Like, last summer, he got six million a year, and and the cap hadn't gone up, but they knew it was gonna go up. And there, there was a feeling from from the Cavaliers that they were ready to sort of they were not ready to commit to him. And, and listen, Zach Lowe talked about it a lot. They gave a lot of money to Shumpert, and they gave a one year deal to Jr. Yeah. Um. So and Sam, you know, Sam said that this was one that Sam started walking back a little bit, but he just made the point like, look, some people are going to get overpaid by crazy amount. Mm-hmm. So I think Sam just picked a few guys, and I did too. I picked another guy that I was just like, I think this is the guy like. This is the one who's going to get. I mean, it's like you know the 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 summer when LeBron and Amari Stoudemire and Chris Bosh were all free agents, and mm-hmm. Joe Johnson got the biggest contract. Yep. yep. Um, I mean, there's there might be guys like that where it's just like as soon as we see it, it's just like oh my gosh, like Omer Sheik last year. Anyway, yeah, somebody who's just like, like you, you do not deserve that contract, but you got it. Right. Sam said the the the, the championship is going to wash the stink off J.R. Smith, and someone is going to. Is, is gonna pay. I could see him taking less money if he stays with the Cavs. Like I can't. I can too. I don't. I don't. I know, but if someone comes with fifteen to twenty million a year, I don't know if he can talk him down nine million. Yeah, that's where I had him. That's. I mean, and, and listen, it's amazing to win a championship, but you can't deny the fact that they gave him a one-year deal. Yeah, this is another. This is another a whole other podcast. But I mean, if someone comes at him with fifteen or twenty million, I don't know if Cleveland can match. No, I don't think they can. That's so, I mean, they're already so far over the cap. Yeah. And if he goes, Sam, they have to trade love. Yeah. Like, they, they don't have any other avenue to get a wing. Yeah. And I, you just can't have Shumpert and LeBron as your only two wings. I mean, you're already going to have to talk Richard Jefferson into coming out, back out of retirement. Which I think he's game for. Maybe, but dude, dude's going to be 37. Yeah, he's, listen, it was exciting to see what he did, but I don't think he can sustain that for a whole season. No, 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 no. So that's um. So that, I mean, that's something really interesting to look at because their their only avenue towards roster improvement is signing guys for the minimum mm-hmm. and and a trade. And we know the trade is going to be Kevin Love if there's a trade. So I find that really, if someone can fire Ray J.R. Smith, I mean, maybe Boston should do it. I I mean, I could certainly see it happening because I have very little faith in the Cavaliers making a smart decision. Boston just sabotage Cleveland say, like, okay, we're going to take Jared Smith away. Now you have to trade for wings. We already have a ton of wings and cards. Mm-hmm. Let's have Kevin Love. Um, no, I could see that. That makes sense. Which, okay, which of these centers would you rather have? Let's do, um, we have a few groupings here. Roy Hibbert, Joakim Noah, Timothy Mosgolf. I want Joakim Noah. You're going to say that this, this last year was a blip. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a blip. I think he's got the athleticism. I think he has the intangibles. He's a guy who is made up of things you can't put on a stat sheet, and I think uh, he's going to bounce right back. I think it was injuries combined with a bad coaching situation in Chicago, or at least one that didn't fit. Um, I would love to, you know, if there was any type of room for a new big man on the Sixers, I would love to have Joakim Noah, but it sounds like, I mean, sounds like the Knicks are trying to get him big time. Um, Yeah. I think uh, I think he'll command big money as well. I see him maybe getting a. Uh, I mean, he could get upwards of twenty million a year. Sam had him three for forty-eight, which is sixteen. Mm-hmm. I had him two for thirty, which is 
which is 15. I mean, I think he could be making more. And and again, you were saying about some team out there giving an astronomical contract. I could see Phil Jackson and the Knicks giving Joe Kim Noah a lot of money. I don't want to say too much money because I like Joe Kim Noah, but definitely giving him maybe more than what the market thinks he's worth. Okay, what about Hibbert and Mozgov? Two guys that like two years ago looked like they were Amazing. franchise building blocks and now look like dinosaurs. Uh, I think but they're, they're going to be on a team. There's definitely teams out there who are courting Mozgov. I've read that on the rumor mill. Um, I don't think he'll be back in Cleveland. Um, I think Mozgov could be commanding $16 million, $17 million. Okay, so you, we had... Like, I don't... I had, again, I don't think he deserves that, but I think somebody's right. going to pay him that. So I had three for 22, Sam... Oh, sorry, I had three for 25, Sam had three for 22. So we're looking at around the seven to eight range. Dude, I think Mozgov... So you're, you're saying that someone, someone's going to say this guy is a starting center. Yes. And he's going to get starting center money. Someone is going to open up their checkbook more than they need to for Mozgov. Okay. Dion Waiters. Uh, ugh. I was going to say Hibbert's the guy who will probably be the odd man out. Someone's going to sign him, but Hibbert getting signed for eight or nine million a year makes more sense to me. Um, I mean, don't, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I agree. Uh, Dion Waiters? Uh, is he a free agent? He's restricted. He's restricted? Um, you know, I, could, I don't, I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to get ten people. million a year. I don't think someone will give him ten million a year. Well, we do. Three for thirty-six, four for fifty. So about about twelve to twelve and a half a year. Really? The starting two guard. Yeah, I mean, I just I think his play improved, and he was a bit impressive in the off se- or in the in the postseason. But I I just wasn't impressed enough to think that he's going to garner that money. But again, I mean, just gave Jared Smith fifteen million dollars. I know there's so much money and going around. Seven years younger. And yeah, but eight he's, years younger. He's not nearly as good as J.R. Smith. But then again, there are other GMs out there who probably think otherwise. Right, and and I mean, Sam, if the J.R. Smith coin toss had come up tails instead of heads, we'd be talking about like it did last year after last year's finals. He'd be struggling to sign another one plus one deal like he did last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he came out of halftime. He had like three shots in a row, and he worked real hard on defense the entire second half. Of game seven. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith is a better shooter. Um, Dion Waiters may be a better ball handler. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dion is younger. And you think, even if you give him $12 million, you're you're paying him from, how old is he, 23? I think so. So we're going from age 23 to age 27, years in which you're likely to improve every single year. Mm-hmm. Like, someone's easily, I feel like, going to talk themselves uh into that and so, and you know because the Thunder have Oladipo you could probably talk yourself like the Thunder aren't going to match like, no 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 go. no so, I, th- like, I don't can... see Dion Waiters being on the Thunder next year um now maybe it's alarming that both Cleveland and the Thunder both teams who are competing for championships were very content to let him go like mm-hmm. that might be a warning sign yeah but again like the Knicks need a two guard yeah like, I like, uh, I feel bad for whoever two, decides to pull the trigger on like, Dion Waiters you know, but if you think of the two guards who who are available, like DeRozan, we know he's going to read a Flalo. Isn't a Flalo out there? Yes, a Flalo is out there. That might be like a better deal. But he was already with New York. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Evan Turner. Evan, Evan Turner. Turner. Do you would you call Evan Turner a two guard though? No, I mean, I, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be 
chance. Well, actually, let, let you go first. Evan well, Turner, I, I think Evan. Uh, I have my own thoughts about Evan Turner, of course, because he was drafted sure. by the Sixers. He spent some time mm-hmm. there. Being a number two overall pick, he was a little bit of a disappointment in my mind. Um, I think he'll stay in Boston. Uh, I think it, he. I don't think will be garnering the same type of money as J.R. Smith. Um, it's. In my opinion, I see him getting more money than a Dion Waiters, though. Like, I could actually see him getting upwards of, you know, $10 million or $11 million. Um, even though it feels a little gross to kind of give Evan Turner that type of money. Uh, but I think, I think Boston is going to kind of lock him up. Boston's got a good thing going on with their young guys, and I feel like until they, until they trade a whole bunch of people to try to improve the team... Uh, they're going to stick with those guys. They're going to keep nurturing their core as much as they can. That's Those are my thoughts on Evan Turner. What do you think? Four years, $90 million. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dude. I do not this think... This was the one. Sam and I were the most far apart. You said four for 45, although he did confuse Evan Turner with Tyreek Evans a few times. So... <laughs> And, and he was like, wait, which one's which? I was like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and yeah. Turner can play the one, the two, or the three on offense and on defense. He is the two-guard version or the combo guard version of Jeff Green. Like, hey, he may not affect winning that much, but he does a lot of things, and he, he kind of looks good doing them. It looks like he should be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't a lot of, again, not a lot of two guards. Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Aaron Aflalo. DeRozan's not going anywhere. Um, and I think someone, and, and, and Evan Turner's still young. I think the success in Boston washed some of the, the Philly, indie stink off him. Remember, mm-hmm. he was in Indiana for oh. a hot second. Oh, I remember. And so I, I think someone's going to be like, hey, he's still on the youngest side. This guy can be a starter for us. He can play multiple positions, which you know teams love because it gives you roster flexibility and who you start and who closes games. And I think some, someone who misses out um, will will go after him. You know, I, I think, hope I'm wrong. I'm not saying I, you know. You know, Sam Sam thought that Jared Smith would get crazy money. You seem to sort of think that that seems plausible. For me, that guy was was Turner. I was like, some, someone will talk themselves into this. You know, you uh, I I don't want to agree with you, but I uh, you've definitely you've definitely convinced me because now that you put it that way, he is versatile. He is someone who can play multiple positions um, and does a lot of sort of the, you know, the garbage work that, you know, the, the, what is it? What are they called? The lunch pail guy, the guy who comes in and, you know, just does, does his job and gets loose balls and hustles. I mean, that is definitely Evan Turner's MO. um, And I don't want to admit, but, and for those reasons, I think you're right. I think he could get a four year deal, but in my, my heart, I'm like, he deserves three years. He deserves like 10 or 11 million a season. That's about all he deserves, but I think you're totally right. Some- think about it. Like, again, we go from $70 million to, to $94 million. So that's about a third increase. So your 10-year, $10 million a year contract is already like a 13 or $14 million yeah. a year contract. You know, and then guys always get a little bit more than it seems they should, or almost yeah. always. So now we're up like around $15, 16000000 million. And there's going to be a team, like I'm looking at this list, yeah, and we didn't, we didn't list every single guy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a team that, that you know, didn't get a meeting with uh, DeRozan and missed out on the other wings, Barnes and Batum. And, I mean, those guys are more threes than twos. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be looking at the available shooting guards. 
and it's going to be Evan Turner uh, and Lance Stevenson. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. just going to be like, well, yeah. like we're, we're, or maybe Deion Waiters will still be out there. I think that's the thing. It's like these, you know, when teams miss, the Knicks need a two guard. Yeah. You know, they get no, and then they're going to need a two guard. I don't know what their cap situation is. They, I don't they've, know. they've got. I mean, with the Knicks, it's like the Cavaliers. Like, they don't mind overspending. They don't mind, you know, right. g- dipping know. into the luxury tax oh, if they need to. I know they'll do that. I'm just wondering about how much actual cap space they have because now they have Rose's contract and Anthony's contract. I don't think they have a lot of other committed salary because they got rid of Robin Lopez. Mm-hmm. And, the, um, and I believe Aflalo's gone player. as well. Is Aflalo gone? He's a, well, he's a free agent. He's a so, free agent. So, yeah, his, his cap isn't on the, on, the, on the, you know, they can have that space if they want it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, other guys we talked about. Um, so, there's going to be a team that like feels like it needs a two-guard to make the playoffs. And part of me thinks that he's going to get a four-year deal from somebody because then, when the cap gets even larger, if he doesn't pan out, then that deal becomes a nice trade chip. Maybe. I mean, not if it's $23 million a year like I think we'll be getting. Let's hope to God Evan Turner does not command that salary. Um, what do you think David West gets? Uh, you know, he's, I'm curious if he'll stay in San Antonio, but if he doesn't, I mean, I start to suspect, you know, this is a situation where is he chasing a ring or not? And it sounded like he was last year. He took a serious pay cut. He might do that again. He might stay in San Antonio, take another pay cut and stick around. But, you know, I mean, for for his age and what he can do, and after we've been discussing sort of these numbers about every, everything kind of going up by a third, you know, I could see him commanding eight or nine million, maybe even ten. Yeah, I had him two for twelve. Sam likes him three for thirty-six. So Sam has him around twelve. Yeah, I. And yeah. I'm, I think, like at this point, I I don't even know if he's a third big. I mean, and how old is he? Three years. What, what, I mean, he's up there, I mean, right? He's 35, I think, 34, 35, 36, somewhere around there. Um, but I, I, I don't even know if he's a third big. I mean, he doesn't shoot the three. He's, pre- he's pretty good from mid range. Doesn't rebound that well. Doesn't defend that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I, he, I, I, I mean, I love the player. He's you know one of the most respected guys in the league. I thought he gave San Antonio nothing in the playoffs. No, I agree. And hey, I mean. The, the Thunder made Duncan look bad, and Duncan had a great year. Yeah. I mean, the Thunder made Draymond look bad. Thunder are so, really good. So there's a there's a but I mean I just don't think I don't think there's any scenario where you want David West to be one of the five guys in at the end of the game of a playoff mm-hmm. of a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means you know he, he's he's a he's a third big, and even as a third big, I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> You don't want to be no, giving him ten million dollars. If you're giving him ten no, million dollars, I think you're like, expecting more minutes out of him. I mean, who is who is another one of these? Uh, like, wouldn't you rather? I mean, Petrulio we thought would get more money. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just rather have Hibbert and just be like, well, at least he'll be a huge guy? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Boban from the Spurs, Marjanovic. How much do you think um, Boban's going to get? Oh, he was the last one we did. Um, I said two years, fourteen million. Sam said three years, twenty-seven million. But we both thought the third year or the, the last year might either be a team option or Some, partial guarantee. Yeah, something that's not entirely guaranteed. Right, so that they could, they could buy it out because I think Bowman's like 27 and who knows how he ages. I'm going to agree with your brother, man. I think he'll be getting some bigger money than, what did you say, $6 million well, a year? I 
I said, in, in full disclosure, I had read that the Spurs intended to re-sign him. And you know how the Spurs did? Yeah, I said two for 14. So I said seven million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Spurs do Jedi mind tricks on their own free agents. Oh, yeah. Sign for, you know, and so I thought that they Darth would, Vader, R.C. Buford. Oh, yeah, I know about that. Right. And um, that, that, that Bobin would, would want to say, like, hey, this has been a good environment. They didn't rush me last year. Um, it, it, you know, they let him be the fifth big. They let him sort of play spot minutes and, and develop him. And so that he would he would take a short-term deal. And if he blows up, he, he'll be 29 and he can get one more contract. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking. I do think that he is worth more. I, and I would rather have him than David West. Okay. Um, Not, I mean, that makes sense. And, and he's, he's, you know, he's got a little bit more upside to him right now than David West. He's just younger. Right. Um, I mean, it's not like, I don't know if he's losing any quickness on David West. And, <laughs> you know, seriously, you know what I mean? Like, and when you make, when you think about the difference in size, from like a 6'8 or 6'9 guy to a 7'3 guy, and then the difference in that arm span, like, you know, Bobin can get there for the block, mm-hmm. for the contest. Um, but David West is not getting there. No, it's, it's, um, it's a shame. It's a shame the, the, the decrease in ability we saw with David West this season, just because he he was such a dominant force. And, you know, I, I, I agree. I thought there was going to be a little bit more impression of him on the game with the Spurs this season. And, you know, he, right. you know, he was kind of a bit of an afterthought, which is, I yeah, mean, listen, he's, he's an aging, he's an aging star. He's a player, I think, for another era. You know, I feel like yeah. if this were, 80s or 90s and he could bang and even shoot the jump shot but like right now he'd be great on that bird celtics team right like a good passer like smart player but if you like if you can't protect the rim shoot from range or rebound or be quick enough to guard wing players on switches so like there's just not like much of a place for you yeah I, I mean, mean this is, it, it makes me think of the Pacer team that he was on. I mean, that Pacer team was this magical thing that just sort of happened, and then within a year, it was completely obsolete. Yes, it was. Um, I feel like we have a Rondo, like a ball-dominant point guard who doesn't shoot or can't make free throws. It's just like, yeah, like maybe if this were the 80s, like that not shooting would matter and we'd be like, man, he can get to the rim and set up his guys, but it's just the things that the league seems to expect of those positions are different in such a way that it's just like, yeah, there's just not, I mean, a big who, who can't stretch the floor or protect the rim just doesn't seem that valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. However, with the free agency bonanza, it's uh, going to be hard You're to predict the amount of money that we're going to pay these obsolete players because somebody is going to pay them some astronomical amount of money. I'm really, right. I'm, I'm, I'm like getting antsy just trying to see what some of these numbers are going to look like. And I think, uh, I think the other GMs around the league are also going to be a little surprised at all the numbers that are going to come out. And it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of, you know, chicken. It's going to be like, who's going to sign first? Um, and and it's going to behoove these general managers to sign first because then they're going to start setting the precedent. They're going to get out in front and they're going to, instead of being, you know, in a negotiating meeting with a free agent where they're saying, yo, so-and-so got X amount, they can hopefully get out in front of it and just be like, boom, we're paying you this much. We're setting the standard. So you you say that th- there are deals right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, let's tell the folks at home that this is Thursday night, June 20th. 
and it's around uh, uh, June, June 30th. It's clo- June close. 30th, yeah. Ju- June 30th. It's... June 30th. And it's almost 9 o'clock Eastern time. So about three hours to launch. Correct. And so Sam says that there are already deals in place that are going to get announced uh, in, the, in the first 15 minutes I mean, of July. I mean, Zach Lowe nailed it, man. He was like, listen, they sh- they're not allowed to be meeting. They're not allowed to talk. And actually, that's the purpose of the moratorium is because there's supposed to be a period of time after free agency opens where they're supposed to be able to meet with each other and talk about contracts and deals. But yet magically every year, deals start popping out 15 to 30 minutes after midnight. And it's, and it's like, you're telling me they weren't talking? You're te- you know, maybe they weren't quote unquote having a contract negotiation, but there were some discussions which could have involved maybe some contract logistics and maybe it just happens to be ready and maybe they just happen to sign it after the the clock strikes midnight so um last year i think that was aminu who's a guy where portland was in a portland knew a rebuild was coming yes seemed like i don't i think they they had traded the tomb at the draft or before the draft it didn't seem like that they thought they were going to be bringing back Aldridge or Wes Matthews um, or Robin Lopez. So they knew they knew the rebuild was coming. And so they got out ahead and overpaid a guy who was on the younger side who could grow into the contract. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, is who who's the first deal out? Because I would say it would probably fit that. It's going to be a team that doesn't think it's going to get Durant or Conley, you know, a team that doesn't feel like that's that's what it's going to get. Uh-huh. You know, so they're going to go for, um, you know, they don't mind overpaying a youngish guy who's on the upswing to be a part of their rebuild. Mm-hmm. So I wonder this year, what team is that? Um, maybe it's Portland again. I don't know. I'm, you know, team, I don't know why. Is that and what player is that? I mean, I don't think this is this guy fits what you just described. But my gut instinct is is telling me that the Charlotte Hornets are going to sign Nicholas Batum right away. It's just the first right. thing that's I mean, just kind of jumping on my lips. If Charlotte brings a big contract, Batum's going to stay. I agree. I you know, and, and so that. I mean, I really think the, he's a hell of a commodity. Um. So I wonder who that will be. How old is Delavadova? Della Vadova, I mean, I think, I don't think he's, I don't think, I don't think he'll get super great money. I kind of almost feel like he might stay in Cleveland and take a team-friendly deal. I, I, I have him at three for 25. Oh my God, that's, oh boy. How do, how do these, where are these numbers coming from, man? Okay, Della Vadova, well, that's what Aminu got last year. I know. You're right a, too. I can't argue with you, guy. but you're you're it's just crazy to think these numbers. Okay. Delvadova is, I think, the the perfect backup point guard. Okay. Okay. He dogs a guy on defense. Yeah, he does. So so you can the twenty minutes he plays, you can put him on Chris you can put him on the other team's starter and have him annoy him. He can run the offense. He can shoot spot up threes. Mm-hmm. And he can do change of pace energy. Mm-hmm. Now, aren't those like all the things you want a backup point guard to do? Yeah. Like he, he can spot up, and so you can play him next to your point guard. Yeah. You know, like you know, the Spurs did that with Parker and Mills. You know, the Cavs did that with with um. You know, you can't do that with Jeff Teague and 
Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. You know, they both want the ball. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, you can you can move him off the ball. Um, you can have him hound a guy on defense. Mm-hmm. He can run the offense, which, like, you know, Patty Mills, for instance, really doesn't do very much of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, everything you would want that role to do, he can do. And if you think if the cap is $94 million, then then $7 million is, like, what? what that's like, nothing. What, like, no, what, that's really nothing when you're thinking. It's a... It's a drop in the bucket. Six percent. So you're playing, paying eight percent of your salary cap for twenty minutes a night, and That's... a guy who could start if you know your starter gets injured for two weeks in February, and he's he's twenty five, so he should be yeah. improving. I don't know what his career was before the NBA, so I don't know. He might not be. I mean, he's not. It's not like he has six years of NBA miles. He's on. Australian, mate. He's Australian. <laughs> he's Australian, mate. <laughs> Always a plus. And, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, couldn't you see a, a team sort of saying, like, okay, this this guy can be around. Like, this can be our backup. No, um, I can. I can. You're totally right, and I absolutely can. I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess I think the Rockets are going to keep that salary that salary cap space open to try to get max guys. Mm-hmm. But, like, if he landed on the Rockets, like, you could have him do the Patrick Beverly role. Yep, yep. And he'd fit great you know? with them. He would fit right. great with them. A guy who doesn't want the ball so James Harden can dominate it, they would love him in Houston. Right. Uh, you know, last year, Corey Joseph got, I think, like three years, 25 or something like that. And he was a third-string point guard for San Antonio, and he was closing playoff games in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was yeah, one he of the was. five guys on the court at the end of the game. He was He was a, a little, pretty big surprise for the Raptors, in my opinion. He, he was a little younger than Del Vadova. Uh, I believe, and and more athletic too, and so th- those are some positives he had. But I, I can see Delvadova, and I don't. I just don't think Cleveland will, will match that. I think teams think because of how far Cleveland is over the luxury tax that they can they can sign you know Delvadova, and Cleveland just won't be able to match. I mean, I think he's unrestricted. I don't mean to match to suggest he's no, but but creation. you I make a good point. You, someone's going to jump it, in and try to scoop him up like the Rockets did with Jeremy Lin. They might not backload his contract like that, but I hear you. Someone right. will come in and offer him money. Right. Or, or another thing, like if Charlotte thinks like they're losing Jeremy Lin, who's also a free agent, could yeah. Delvadova be? Again, he's he's a ball handler. He's a shooter. He could play next to Kemba Walker. He could back up Kemba Walker. Like you know, the the, the 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 sort of ways that you could use him are are so many that. Yeah. And so I I can see him being sort of like the first guy, like a team with cap space, not trying to win now. I think I heard Milwaukee was courting him. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. a team like that is like, hey, we're Milwaukee, we're uh, the Washington Wizards. Yep. Like, hey, we're just trying to get back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, we just need a piece that's going to help us. Yeah, just another guy who's going to be a great chemistry guy, who's going to be hustling, who who is not going to want to dominate the ball. I mean, that's it's hard to find sometimes a basketball player who doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. Right. Della Vadova is absolutely you know, that. A, th- a three-year contract, next year the cap goes up even more, so the deal is even better, and the year after that it's an expiring deal. It would be easy to move. You know, Dude. something goes wrong. Oh my god! I could see him being the first guy. I could see him being the first guy to sort of a team like, like maybe that. Cleveland just sort of locks it down right away. I don't think it'll be Cleveland because I think he'll get more money from somewhere from somewhere else, and mm. I think Cleveland will balk at it. No, I think you're right. I, I don't. I don't think Cleveland can put money on Delvadova until they know what's going on with J.R. Smith. Yeah, 
and and they can and listen as much as they love Della Vadova, they can fill him in with someone else. Right. So, um, you know, any playoff game, Kyrie's playing forty minutes, and you can have LeBron be the point guard for the other. I mean, LeBron's already going to be the point guard for more (laughs) than eight. You know what I mean? And so it's like you just need a backup guard, um, and you can find someone to do. You can find someone to do that. Yeah, Della Vadova. You, so I can see him going going early. I can yeah. see him being one of the first people. I'm trying to think. I might, you know, part of Jared me... Jared Dudley? Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley is also another... You had mentioned him before, too. He's a real sort of tasty commodity. This Another guy who's kind of a stretch, who's athletic, who can shoot. Um, coming off a bit of an injury-plagued season. So, you know, he's maybe flying under the radar a little bit. But... Um, I I don't know if Washington. I see him going and getting more money somewhere else. Yeah, I mean that's another one with Sam and I. You know, Sam. You know, I had Evan Turner. Sam had um, Jared Dudley, three years, sixty million, and I had him two for twenty. I, I mean, had him ten million a year. Sam had him twenty million a year. I mean, I think Jared Dudley. I think twenty million a year is a bit much, but I do think he's going to command some good money. Uh, and I think I don't think he'll stay in Washington. I mean, I could see the Knicks going after him. I could see. Uh, I mean, I could even see Miami going after him if Lou Aldang doesn't come back. Yeah, yeah, Miami is interesting. Yeah. But the thing is, like you know, the, the, those teams, like you know, Miami, they only have that cap space if they miss out on on Whiteside. It's, it's like. Yeah, or on you know any or Durant or any of the nice guys. I mean, they're also they're in a situation where they might not have Wade back. Wade is talking about leaving. I don't know if it'll actually right. happen, but he really is talking about it. And last year, you know, they made it happen, but it was definitely tenuous, and it went down to the wire uh, when Dwayne Wade signed that contract. It was not a sure thing he was coming back to it Miami. Was a bit of a showdown. Um, I feel like the teams, the teams where Dudley would fit, are already championship teams that mm-hmm. wouldn't want to spend that much on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The teams that over would overpay him would be teams like Washington or the Knicks, who would just pay a tax for having a veteran team first player. You'd be like, "Hey, we know you probably want to win a championship. We'll overpay you to come here and be a grown up mm. and and do winning culture types of types of things." Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if he gets if he does get overpaid, it'll be by a fringe playoff team, which I think was sort of Washington's thinking. You know, it's like okay, we're we're barely making the playoffs. We want to make the playoffs. Like let's let's get to add this piece. Yeah, and I think they also wanted to play more small and have more stretch bigs. Yeah, Washington um, just made a they made a lot of miscues this year, and, and yeah, you, com- it, it, you combine that with injuries, and the season was lost. You know, but if he does go someplace like Golden State, San Antonio, the you know Miami, a place that sees itself as a contender, you sort of feel like okay, he's going there. He's going to be taking less. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I think that will be sort of where he lands will be interesting. Um, you know, so you had just mentioned, and I think um, I think we should start getting to wrapping it up because uh, we've been talking for a bit, and I think we need to start getting excited for the actual uh, free agency. You, were, you definitely sound like you're staying up to midnight to see. Hey man, I told you I'm in Central Time Zone. That just means I got to stay up till eleven. Right. Well, well, I mean, eleven is when you might first hear the deal. But what if, what if, what if it doesn't come out until a little later than that? Uh, you know, I might just hang out a little bit longer. I don't mind uh, going into work a little okay. groggy, man. I don't mind going into work rubbing my eyes. 
Right. You don't want the, the feeling of waking up that morning and refreshing your phone and being like, oh, oh, my, like, god. oh my god, I missed all the trades right. that happened. Oh my god. I'm going to be sitting there just posting things, posting things. Um, but I want to leave you with this. I think, because okay. we're talking about what's the big deal that's going to hit as soon as free agency starts. And as we were sitting here talking... Do you, mean the, do you mean the big deal? Do you mean like a big free agent? That's when you yeah. say the big deal? No. The first deal? That's actually, it's a very good distinction. I mean like the first deal that hits. Okay. Um, and, okay. you know, you, you threw it out there. You said it might be Della Vadova. might be something like that. Uh-huh. I'm just going to throw out there, and I'm going to say I could see Harrison Barnes getting signed. I could see oh, the Sixers so going team, and getting him. A team is going to press the Warriors because like, you have three days to match. Correct, because they did qualifying offers for Harrison Barnes and uh, and Festus Azili for that matter. Um, uh-huh. But I think the, the Sixers are more than happy to dip... The, this is the first time they'll really be dipping their toe in the water at all with free agency, and I think they're going to be happy to jump in there and you know sign him to a monster contract that they feel confident Golden State is not going to match. Especially if Golden State has to wait on Durant. Correct. Correct. And then, if Durant says no, they might want to shop around to Horford. Mm-hmm. And I could see Brian Colangelo trying to shake things up like that. Okay. So you think you think at twelve oh one the Warriors are on the clock? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. Seventy two hours. I'm gonna say yeah. To make a decision on Harrison Barnes. Seventy three wins, seventy two hours to make a decision. <laughs> bum bum bum. <laughs> Sounds like a, it could be a little made-for-TV movie right there. Listen, a little... You should do a treatment. A little drama. A little drama to get you started. Your classmate, Jamie King, who I think is a, a script writer oh, out west. Oh, oh yes, he is. Maybe I should pitch this to him and say, hey, maybe we need to whip up a little story here with some suspense in it. Would you pitch yourself to play Harrison Barnes? Um, be like, hey, listen, this is, this is non-traditional casting, but hear me <laughs> out. I understand Philly. Now, I know Harrison Barnes hasn't played for Philly at the time that this film chronicled. I, I, think, I think that I would need to play Sam Hinkie with his hand up the like back of Brian Colangelo's suit jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like secretly creepy crypt keeper puppet master style trying to control things from like, you know, the shadows, like a la the Emperor in Star Wars. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is this is how we would carve out this this particular treatment, right? This, I, yeah, we're already spitballing. This is good. Yeah, we're just you know we're just throwing out there's, ideas there's here. Something here. There's a, a, you're there's, saying there's a chance. There's something here. I don't know what it is, but there's something. All right, we better uh, we better go take a nap so we can stay up all night. Watching, I think that uh, I think that sounds the like deals, <laughs> the deals that come in. I think that sounds like a great idea, Jonathan. I, uh, dude, I so can't. I can't thank Next you enough, week, man. Me, you, and my brother, also named Sam, yes, are going to cover some of these deals, and we'll actually be able to go back over some of the numbers from me and Sam. Yes, sort of see like who, where, where we were. We were very close with some of them, but as you can see, with many of them, we were pretty far off. So we're going to be doing that next week once the deals have come in. Yes, so. I am looking forward to it because then we can actually start. We can have your brother on. We'll have we'll have Sam double time. And uh, right. we'll actually be able to get, uh, rip apart some of these predictions and talk about the things that have actually taken place. 
I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I do too. It's going to be a good one. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I love you, and I just love talking b-ball with you. Thanks Thanks for having me, man. It's fun to talk to someone who uh, I guess is this sort of obsessed with the NBA, um, you know, because you don't come across that many people who can talk for 15 minutes about Matthew Delvedova's next contract. Dude, it is. It is a joy to have people like you in my life because it is difficult for me to find people like you as well who can talk for 15 or 20 minutes about, you know, the disintegrating uh, necessity of Roy Hibbert. Right, right. So <laughs> um, we're going to be doing it again in under a week. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. And, um, right, of man. course, before you sign off, smithstreetstage.org, smithstreetstage.org, that's smithstreetstage.org. What is it, Jonathan? smithstreetstage.org that's right go there check it out you'll see all the work that they do in brooklyn fantastic performances if you are in that area you should be checking out what they're doing there now i think you're doing things year-round now is that correct doing things year-round the next thing we're going to be doing is uh we haven't set a date yet but it'll be coming up uh, a workshop production of the rover directed by uh maddie barish ah yes um i saw that i saw that on the website very very weird play very weird play, and so we're going to, it's a Restoration Era play, um, some really strange things, and so we're going to explore it and see, like, hey, is it even, is it even really possible to do a production of the show just based on some of the content that it has and some of the things that are, that are in it, and so it's going to be, it's a little, um, it'll be really, really interesting, it'll be a, a challenge, I think we're going to learn a lot from, from looking at it. Dude, very strange play. Dude, very it's strange. It's the only way you grow. You got to try things out. You got to see how see how it feels, man. It could be a huge success. It could be an eye opener. You don't know till you do it. That's right, dude. Jonathan, you're the best, man. Give my best to Beth Ann. I miss you, um, and uh, I'm gonna have you on the podcast again soon. I miss you too, buddy. I love you, and we'll be talking soon. All right, man. You're the best. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>